the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So the standard is jumping 200 miles off of the pier. Some may get four feet, five. A really good person might even get 10, but we still fall short of that 200-mile mark, don't we? That is a great illustration of today's broadcast. Coming to you from Reformed Heritage Church right here in San Jose, this is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. We welcome you to our broadcast today as we continue our journey through Romans. Pastor Gary has us back in chapter 3, verses 1 through 20 today in a message called None Righteous, None Good. Paul is explaining that we all fall short of God's glory, and that is why we need Christ and the cross. Here's Pastor Gary with more. Where do all of the murders come from, or or just simply all the violence? There have been 185 murders in Chicago already this year, up 27 from all of last year. Abortion by tens of millions. Where does all of this come from? It comes from the rebellion and the darkness of sinners' hearts. This is what sin does. It doesn't just destroy the soul. It destroys the body. It destroys whole nations. You know, governments take in foreign aid by the billions of dollars with documented gifts of food sitting on docks while the people starve to death. Very little foreign aid that comes out of our country like an open pipeline ever makes it to the people that we are told it gets to. No, my friends, it enriches the leaders. Where does all of this come from? It comes from hearts that are blackened by sin. Sin destroys. It destroys men's lives. This is why verse 18 adds, destruction and misery are in their ways. This is where sin leads. If you want to know why there is destruction, if you want to know why there is misery, read Isaiah 57. And you can see an extended passage on this later when you go home. But this is what sin does. It destroys families. It destroys men. It makes them unwilling to lay down their lives for their family and lead them by the word of God. It makes them unwilling to say that magical word, No, daughter, you cannot go there. Daughter, you cannot do that. Well, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. No, you are not. But Gary, my daughters are older. What can I do about it? You tell them. Well, I guess you're going to have to pack your bags and live under a bridge because... As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And there is only one person who can help us do that, and that is the Son of God. Outside of that, we are going to bring destruction to our homes, men. So you better be walking with Christ before your family. And you mothers too. Your sweetness will not save your children. Neither will your rules. Neither will your control. Neither will your strictness. Neither will your leniency. Neither will your friendliness. Neither will your just do whatever you want to do. Honey... It won't work. Sin destroys and it brings misery unless we are walking in the fear of God. The Lord Jesus Christ breaks the dominion of that sin and brings life and peace. And that's why in verse 17, I mean, it just gets worse and worse. And the way of peace they have not known. How can we know peace? When we are at war with God, how can the United States of America have peace when it is war with Almighty God? How can at 1234 Main Street in your home, the husband and the wife have peace with each other when they are at war with God? And we take war with us wherever we go, whether it's in the home, that smallest unit or in the workplace or whether it's in the conglomerate of nations and whole cultures. There is no peace, saith God, for the wicked, Isaiah forty-eight twenty-one. There is no peace, no peace. There is only one prince of peace, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And at the root of everything, verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. What is it to fear God? Oh, It's to adore him. It is to love him. It is to say with Mr. Calvin, if there were no hell, I would still dread offending him. Why? Because he is wonderful. Because he is good. Because he is faithful and powerful and righteous and wondrous in all of his ways. Or as Moses said, he he is glorious in praises, fearful in wonder. He is wonderful. Yet hap- what happens when, we, when, when sin takes over? Which, as you know, it did in Adam. There's no fear of God. And when there's no fear of God, the heart becomes reckless in its sinfulness. And the deception only goes deeper. Before their eyes is a very significant little phrase. The eyes kind of determine For us, the horizon of perception and also feeds the thought process. You see here, as believers, if we were to flip this picture around, which is a very useful thing to do, we have to live like David talked about in Psalm 119, 168. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways are before thee. But you see, The unbeliever doesn't live with the thought of living before the face of God. So he doesn't fear him as the Christian. If God comes into his thoughts at all, it is in fear and loathing. 
escape and excuses and pretending and blaming others for their wrongdoing. Now verse 19. What is Paul, why does Paul say all this? Why does the Holy Spirit hold up this mirror before us? It is to shut our mouths. He says, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to those who are under the law. And by the way, that is everyone, Jew and Gentiles. As you can see actually in the last phrase of verse 19, and all of the world may become guilty before God. Everyone who is ever born is under the curse of the law until we look to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and receive that sacrifice for sin and that bearing of the curse that he did for us. But verse 19, why did Paul tell us all these things? To shut our mouths, yes. No more excuses. And to make us feel our guilt before God, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And verse 20, therefore, by the deeds of the law. Oh, we all know we can't keep the law. All law does is condemn us for our law-breaking ways. No flesh shall be made right before God. No flesh shall be justified, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law is our indictment. It is your indictment, and it is my indictment. And I tell you, right now, the safest course for every one of us, because God is speaking here, no man, God speaks to us in his word, and the safest course for every one of us is to do what Job did. Some of you in the back of your mind may be thinking, yeah, but there are men in Scripture who are called righteous. Job, a righteous man who feared God and hated evil. Daniel, a man well favored by the Lord. Zacharias and Elizabeth are called righteous and walking in all the ways of God's law, blameless. What did each one of them confess? Some actually more clearly than others. Job said, I abhor myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Daniel said, to us belongs confusion of faces, but to you righteousness. And he said, we, including himself. We have sinned and broken your law. Let me tell you, if the best say that, there's no hope for us. If the best to a man can confess, I am wicked, I have broken God's law, I have not kept his commandments, there is no hope for you or for me unless we do what they did. And that is to put our hand upon our mouths and confess our sin before Almighty God and repent in sackcloth and ashes. That's one of the main lessons from our text today. One, I need to stop making excuses about my sins. Even as a believer, it doesn't do me any good. It is unhealthy and it is godly. I can't blame my parents. I can't blame my spouse. I can't blame my children. I can't blame my pastor. I've got to put my hand upon my mouth. It is my fault. It is all my fault. I'm the guilty one. I am the rebel who has broken God's every blessed law. I have done it. It's not the government's fault. 
The government is but a reflection of me. The government is my fault. <coughs> Whoever is in office, whenever oppressive laws are made, it is my fault because righteousness is what exalts a nation. And I haven't been righteous. So this nation isn't exalted. And I'm getting what I deserve. Hand on my mouth before Almighty God. For it is I. I am the guilty one. I am the wicked one. I am the traitor. Read Daniel's prayer in Daniel 9. And read Job's confession in Job 38. There's nothing sweeter, healthier, more quickening than for God to bring you to this place every single day, my friends where you put your hand on your mouth before him, and then, two, plead Christ and him crucified and him resurrected and him exalted and him extolled and very high. Because, you see, as Christians, we know the other side of the story that Paul is here unfolding before us. Why do we need to face the fact that we are empty of all goodness? I have no goodness. In fact, if I were to die this instant and God were to judge me on the basis of my life, I must perish in hell forever without any excuse. I could never lay a bit of blame on God. It would be me, my fault alone. Why is that so healthy for us as Christians? Because that makes Jesus all the more glorious and his sacrifice all the more sufficient that he bore all of this, all of the filth, my tongue like poison venom, my steps going out of his way, no seeking God, no understanding. Yes, he bore it all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He did that. And there is no strength unto godliness, no joy in God's grace unless we cling to the Lord Jesus Christ and see his loveliness and see his righteousness. He has done what I could not. He kept the covenant. He didn't break any word that came out of the mouth of his father. And when he came into the world, he said, my ears you have opened I delight to do your will, O oh my God, and your law is within my heart. Praise God that the Son of God has taken upon himself the full responsibility of my salvation. It is not works of righteousness. It is not tears of contrition. It is not hopeful progress in sanctification. It is Jesus Christ himself, him crucified, him resurrected, him interceding at the right hand of God. He is the righteousness of God. We lack it. He has it. We must look to him. And looking to him, his strength starts to come. And you will never be fruitless or bearing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you know Jesus and you abide in him, there's always great fruit. And then you can turn this picture around. And you can just reverse everything Paul has said here. I do understand a little bit. I am seeking God. I do want to walk in the ways of God. I do want my words to be pleasant words, health-giving words. My tongue is not poison. I share the gospel. 
I give encouragement to my wife. I'm standing for righteousness and I do know peace and I do fear God. You see, all of these things flow to us because Jesus Christ was crucified for us. So as hard as we may think, particularly in this day and age, oh, everyone's really good and everyone is basically nice, except for, you know, a few really, 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 really bad people. And those lived a long time ago. But this passage is drawing, jarring. It is like being up to bat and getting hit with a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. This passage comes across like that. But you know what? We need to be jarred today and on both sides. We need to be jarred on the side of sin so we can be jarred on the side of Christ. Why is the world, our culture, filled with misery and destruction and bloodshed and with cursing and bitterness? Why? Why don't we hear men today, like some of the early Puritan leaders calling for days of prayer and fasting, when we are sure these calamities upon our nation, when we see these calamities upon our nation? Why is that? Because there is so little love for Christ that changes the life in the body of Christ. We don't love him, and we have low views of him. Oh, yeah, he's there, I know. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, kumbaya. Let me read a Christian book every now and then, and maybe I'll feel a little better. Let me go to promise keepers to jack myself up. Let me do this and that and... No. But how do you get a higher view of Christ? You have to honestly face yourself. I have nothing but what the Son of God has done for me. These things are forever inseparable. And this is the Holy Spirit's work in the world. And what is he doing? He is going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Why? So that they flee to Christ to be saved. So let me encourage you today as I conclude. Face the truth about yourself. Even as a Christian, every day, you might feel guilty even over something you didn't do. But run to Jesus. Men, talk about Jesus in your homes. Tell them he is all of our righteousness. I'm not spanking you, son, to punish you. I'm spanking you to bring you back to Jesus. Think about what Christ has borne for us on the cross. Think about the curse. If all of this is true in me, and all of this is mine, how sufficient must be his sacrifice that I am cleansed and I can stand before God righteous in his sight through the Lord Jesus Christ. We will never come there, though, as long as we have loose and casual views about ourselves. So I ask you, is your view of yourself loose and casual? Yeah, well, I've sinned a, a little bit. I, I did something the other day harsh to my wife. Is that as far as it goes? Or are you looking at your life to see where you are in your relationship with Christ? Maybe you should put your screen down. Are you not, you're not going to learn anything about yourself on a screen. You will only learn about yourself when you get on your face before this book 
and you pray, God, search me and know me and see if there be any wicked way in me. David said, search me and know me. I cannot know myself. It is not in man to understand his way. Lord, I need you to teach me who I am so that I will see myself honestly and then cling to your mercy. Let me give you one last thing today. Don't take these verses and then go into some kind of funk. Because if you do, you totally miss the purpose of these <laughs> verses. If you take these verses and you say, oh, man, I'm wretched. Shoot, there's no hope for me. There's no point in praying in my home. It's too far gone. No point in trying to obey my husband now. It's too far gone. There's no point in trying to obey my parents at this point. Boy, the stuff I would have to confess, the stuff I would have to give up, too far gone. There's no point in trying to get my finances in order now. I'm too far gone. There's no point in trying to meditate on God's word. It's too far gone. There's, no, there's, so, there's too much filth in my mind. I am wicked and I am so glad that the preacher just gave me an excuse to not make any effort. Because I am wicked and I am miserable. So, I'm just going to sit here. And I'm going to put a lampshade on my head and cry. And just mourn and mourn and weep. Because I'm so horrible. And I'm so bad. And after all, I just heard his word tell me that today. But remember, that is not all he says. If you heard the truth about yourself like you did today. And you don't run to Christ. You didn't hear the truth at all. And God says, you don't have to stay there. If you stay there, it's your own doing. And if you stay there, he says, I don't feel sorry for you. In fact, you will be in deeper hell because after hearing the truth about yourself, you didn't flee to the mercy of Jesus Christ. So yeah, we need some I loathe myself and I repent in dust and ashes. But we also need no one, no one can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Not tribulation, not despair, not persecution, not peril, not the sword, not sin, not the past. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Oh, flee to Him, beloved. Flee to that Savior. Run to Him. Don't delay. Don't sit here and say, I'm unworthy. Of course you are. So am I. Don't sit there and say, well, you know, it's all gone too far. Listen, He went lower than you will ever go in bearing the filth of your sin. You just need to lift up your eyes and say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Save me from unbelief. Save me from my filth. Lord, help me. And he will. Because the Son of God opens the eyes of blind men. He heals lepers. He brings dead men out of their tombs. And he says to us today, look to me, all you ends of the earth, and be saved. I am the way the truth and the life. 
I am the resurrection of life. I am the bread of life. I am the water of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. Everything that you are not, I am. I am the son of God. Look to me and be saved. So when we see our sinfulness laid out so bleak, bleak, bleak strokes, it is to make us seek the dawning of the Son of Jesus Christ because, beloved, He has healing on His wings. So don't stay where you are. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your house. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.